Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. What a day. What a day we have just had. Hardly any of the big names have lost, but we have just had epic upon epic here at the Australian Open on day four. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say today is the day that the men's tournament caught fire. Yeah, with a breathless night session with three matches all going to five sets and having to dash between them and trying to get them all keeping your attention it was it was what Grand Slam is all about really not yeah. not too much like the other day just enough but Matt kind of did like a physical manic Monday he, you yes. know rather than just trying to look at five screens he physically raced sprinted between courts in order to try to capture the climaxes of all of them yes because Catherine and I were over on the Melbourne arena watching Kyrgios, which is in a completely different It's basically a different universe. Yeah, yeah. it is you miles away. You walk through away. a sort of weird wonderland to get there, mm. which is, it's like a sort of um, food village, mm. where which is themed by the full Grand Slam. So you literally walk through France, Great Britain, <laughs> Australia and America to get to the Melbourne Arena. And by the time you arrive, you feel like you've, you're sort of in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it ceases to be a tennis complex. Like you don't yeah. see any tennis courts on your walk. On the plus side, <laughs> apparently it's only $20 to get in and 5 for kids. Oh, it's awesome. So, it's yeah. awesome. If Once you're, you're there. Yeah, yeah, it's worth the trip. Do you know, I've, just... I've been coming here 16 years. I don't think I've ever set foot in there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that last year when Murray was over there. He said, I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I have never been there. It's <laughs> that and the French own, Open. <laughs> it's got its own media centre. Has it? Because I think because it's, so, it's so far away, it's like it, it's not really doable if you're covering a match over there to sort of base yourself here. Right. But we're in the main media centre, which is sort of right by Rod Laver Arena. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, if you, if you're covering. Melbourne Arena you've got to commit to being at the Melbourne Arena yeah. and, and your day revolves around the Melbourne Arena unless you're Speedy Gonzalez Matt yeah so what was it like in there Atmos wise <laughs> it's, you it's saw funny the midway match. through the fourth set so it was two 
two just sublime sets from from Nick Kyrgios, and then he was a break up in the third uh, uh, over, uh, against Gilles Simon, and it all looked to be going pretty swimmingly. And then he had a, a pretty major blip, ended up losing the third, um, and it being taken to a fourth, and it felt on the edge throughout the fourth. He eventually. Um, broke in the latter stages and took it I think 7-5 6-4 7-5 7-5 I think um, yeah. and Matt and I commented to one another midway through the fourth that the atmosphere was it was good but your expectations of a Kyrgios match on Melbourne Arena that it's going to be completely spine-tinglingly electric I think they were exhausted it wasn't quite that I, I th- and I also think they were saving it because for the last two games the the Seymour service game where Kyrgios broke and then Kyrgios serving it out, it was mm. off the scale. It, it was mind-blowing, special, really memorable. But, yeah, it was almost like they were all keeping something in reserve because they knew what it could be. Kyrgios matches are tiring to watch, aren't they? I mean, they can... I think my sense watching on TV, and I only watched on TV because obviously I've never been to Melbourne <laughs> and I never will. Um, but my sense was that the first two sets were just a massive celebration mm. because he was clued in you know he was he was there was not a flicker of lack of focus he was bouncy and you know i always say he looks like a freshly hatched, hatched chick when he's like that he looks like he's just got so much energy and he's gamboling around and playing silly shots and making me laugh it's when he makes me <laughs> just laugh with a shot yeah david doing um half an hour well Every half an hour, you were doing a, a um, an update, an update for the BBC Radio listeners. Exactly, yeah. And in between, you were watching Kyrgios on the screen, and obviously, people—not me, because I'm just doing the podcast—but there are other people doing serious radio jobs around us. And you know, you have to be quite um, quiet in that room because there's lots of people talking, and then every five minutes or so you just hear David burst out laughing because Kyrgios has, <laughs> Kyrgios has hit a fake forehand he, drop shot he, come um, drive it's just great he broke Simon dismissively in the first game and then in the second game Kyrgios is serving and I think one of the opening points of the game Kyrgios <laughs> just beats Simon with a drop shot that Simon who's got great great legs on him even at what is he 34 um didn't even run for it and then in the next point Kyrgios did a drop shot fake he went faked to hit a drop shot and bunted it down the line this is like the sixth point of the match or something (laughs) (laughs) McEnroe just goes in commentary for Channel 9 he goes oh for Simon that's like having your pants pulled down (laughs) (laughs) and it really was it was like just an utter humiliation in the second game of the match. And yet they sort of seemed to bond as the match went on, those Oh, yeah, two. over their trolling of Nadal. What do you, so what happened? <laughs> well, Kyrgios got a time violation warning. Which Kyrgios? Mid, mid-service which, motion. Which He'd already begun his motion. really bizarre because mm. he is rapid. Yeah. And... It's amazing how quickly his mind goes to Nadal in almost every situation. He, he immediately just started imitating Nadal, you know, putting his hair behind his ears and crucially... Pulled out a wedgie. Pulled yeah. out his wedgie. Um, and the umpire laughed, to be fair to him. Um, and then a bit later, 
few games later, Simon was being slow and then did the exact same thing, started mocking Nadal as well, and Kyrgios just they, burst out laughing. They were, they were bonding. It was great, and Kyrgios was obviously trying to be baited in the press conference afterwards to, to trash Nadal in some way. Um, and he wasn't rising to it. The first time he was asked about it, he just gave a big grin. He said, I know what you want. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the second time he was asked about it, they tr- tried a slightly different approach. They said, who do you think did, did Rafa better today, you or Seymour? And he said, I don't know. I don't wear underwear, though. So... <laughs> um, yeah. It was a real bombshell. It was an exclusive, not the one they were looking <laughs> yeah. for. There were a few exclusives, actually. Um, Reem, uh, a, co- a colleague of ours, she, she asked him about uh, this being Carlos Suarez Navarro's last year on tour. She actually lost today, didn't <laughs> she? Um, to Sviatek. Earlier, Dr. Matt is yep. nodding along. Um, so that was, would have been her last Australian Open Australian Open match today and uh, she said oh Carlos Suarez Navarro it's her last year on tour last opportunity for you to play mixed doubles with her I know you're a fan would you like to make that happen he said yeah I've already asked her three or four times and she keeps saying no (laughs) I mean I can understand why she's saying no why that's that feels like a circus that Carlos Suarez Navarro has never intended to get involved in in her career. It's not really she her, hasn't is shown it? any inclination to get involved in circuses. No. Amanda Anisimova, though, very much committed to the circus. Okay. Kyrgios will be playing mixed with her tomorrow. He oh. says he's been excited about it for two months. <laughs> Bless. Yeah. Uh. Not about the singles, specifically about the mixed doubles. <laughs> quite cool I do know what you I completely agree with what you were saying about Kyrgios matches being exhausting well this day. is what happened it, it was party time for two for, for yeah. an hour and a half it was party time in there the crowd were having the best time and you're just on such an emotional high suddenly this all. cloud starts to descend on Kyrgios when he's two sets up he's 4-2 up there's a nine minute game where it looks like he's about to go double break up and he has a like a 31 straight rally and he's almost trying to beat Simon at his own game he and was he, and, he, he, and, then, and then he stops beating him at his own yeah. game and Simon starts to play really really well and Kyrgios loses that game and then completely falls away and the crowd you could hear a pin drop and you could almost you could sense the tension in the in the in the room it was just awkward everything suddenly felt really awkward and and everybody looked like oh dear i'm a bit knackered now. yeah it goes from massive emotional high to really quite depressing mm. very quickly yeah. he wanted to show simon that he could win his way as well yes. he wanted to pull his pants down even further <laughs> Um, so yeah, he was and, doing and, it, and he was doing it, but he couldn't keep it up. Couldn't keep it up. But that's the thing. Yeah. You know, can he sustain it for three straight well, sets? It, I mean, it's interesting how candid he was. I thought about how he'd have seen the match if it went to five. He was pretty honest in the on-court interview with Jim Courier and in press conference. He basically said, "I'd have been in trouble physically if it went to five Mm. Um, and that's what that was my feeling sitting there that my biggest concern for Kyrgios is his his body I think he has to be winning these matches in straight sets I mean I think he can afford the odd four setter I mean he's he's been dealt a little bit of luck in that Karen Hatchinov his next opponent has just completed his own 
absolute marathon. So ten eight in the fifth might be depleted himself. But it is it's an advantage to his any opponent he has. I think that they feel like if I can just drag this out, if I can just hang in there and make it physical. He's going to struggle. Yeah, Mikhail Imer, who mm. was uh, serving for the match against Hachinov at 6-5 in the fifth, went to the tie-break. Um, and on match point, Hachinov collapsed to the ground in celebration and then started to cramp and couldn't <laughs> get back up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Imer was a little bit annoyed with him, I think, because he'd done this nice gesture of kind of going over the other side of the net waiting for him and Hatchnock couldn't get up <laughs> so he was waiting to shake his handshake for about 30 seconds yeah um, he'd sort of deferred his desolation for a few moments exactly. in order to be the bigger man yeah and give him that um, moment because he served for the match didn't he um, at 6-5 in the 5th and he was uh, ahead in the tie break as well I think he was I think he got to 8-6 Emer and then lost the last yeah, 4 points that's right um, he, he played well though didn't he he, do, he did and he's, he's he's exciting to watch because he's a, he's a nice blend of pretty solid and consistent and secure from the baseline you're not worried that he's going to miss all the time which I don't like watching players like that. It makes me anxious when they're just expecting a mistake. And yet he's got all the athleticism and the, and the speed around the court that makes him genuinely exciting as well. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he can you know, push on from here because he's, he's starting to get into these slams and have some results. Um, yeah. And obviously Hatchnov working with um, Frederick Rosengren, um, mm. who was sitting on... Sitting on the side, he's he wanted to spend more time with of, his family. Come out of retirement, and he's now uh, watching watching fifth set tie breaks at almost midnight. <laughs> um, in that bit of the draw as well, it could well be Nadal meeting the winner of those two uh, in the fourth round. Nadal tonight beat Federico Del Bonis in a match closer than they've ever had before, because previously Del Bonis had barely been winning one or two games a set in the six sets they'd played previously he got him to a tie break today I think I think Del Bonis was great he was really played well in that second set but Nadal was not that convincing tonight one for 18 on break points I believe which is wow. Federer-esque that is Federer-esque Del Bonis has Federer always not been very good at he, he's really low ranked he's mm. really low ranked yeah. in break point it's, conversion yeah yeah I, I mean the the margin of, of that stat is so small. It's mm. like Nadal, I think, is something like number two all time with roughly, um, this, this won't be quite correct, but it's roughly something like 44%. And Federer is something like 93, 94 all time, 42% mm. or something. So it's a small margin. Um, but it always seems noticeable with Federer in big matches. You just think back to the Sitzpass one here last year where he fluffed all those break points and ATP finals and multiple finals against Djokovic and Nadal it's it's more or less in line with his returning stats you know Nadal's returning stats are pretty much the best of all time along with Djokovic and Federer is lower down so he's going to take fewer of his fewer of his break points talking about uh, players that makes you anxious to watch Dubbonis's service motion Yeah. Makes me anxious. That ball toss goes into orbit. Yeah. Well, it goes into orbit, and he's and he, he's he's throwing his arms out wide like he's <laughs> sort of just landed a jump in ice skating. <laughs> Is that accurate? That's not what that looks like. Oh, okay. Well, that's what it looks like. To, I've got an expert in ice in oh, no, figure yes. skating here, but that's what I think of anyway. 
It, it looks mechanically unsound. Right. Okay. Okay. It looks like yeah. I would look if I landed. I mean, obviously, if somebody said to, to, said to me, "You can swap your own serve for Federico Delbonis's serve," I'm I'm biting your hand off. But in the realm of you know top level service motions, it it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm. And we had, uh, I'll tell you what gave me the heebie-jeebies, was when Nadal hit a forehand return late, but clean, and it went off at a 45-degree angle and hit the ball kid on the side of the head right next to the umpire's chair. And, I mean, for a second, you know, it was just panic stations because he couldn't have hit it harder or cleaner, miscued it, um, and it hit a smack in the side of the head. And she just barely blinked just took it and Nadal set off towards her like he was chasing down a drop shot on match point in the Wimbledon final <laughs> I mean he went straight up to her just to check on her and, and look after her a little bit and um, I mean it was, it was it was a nice moment but it was a really scary moment and, and I did kind of feel like maybe they should have just taken her straight off the court but she was not having any of it she was just like right let me do my job will you Rafa can I just, you know, get on with it? Or let me provide some excellent fodder for an awkward post-match interview moment. <laughs> yes. yes, inevitably. Um, so Nadal's through. Um, he plays Pablo Carreño Busta next, which bless him. Can we just skip over that? <laughs> you, you're not expecting so, a tight one. So we've got Pablo Carreño Busta. And Good player. Just but, Good, but it's just an awful matchup. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. like yeah, it's not yeah. And an exhausted Karen Hatchinov standing in the way of Nadal Kyrgios. Who's going to blow it? Well, <laughs> it was Hatchinov who beat um, Kyrgios in that really uncomfortable match, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. In, in Cincinnati. It's interesting. He, he gave just final point on Kyrgios. He was giving his box a lot of jip tonight, and he completely fronted up about that in, in press. He said, "I'm embarrassed about the way I behaved toward, towards my box." He was asked about, you know, is this your? I do feel for him because the quality of questions that he gets. It, it's it's really pretty tabloid, you know. You can see he's being baited. I can see why he gets frustrated. It's you know, it's 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 fault on both sides. But I do have sympathy with his frustrations in in press conferences, you know. And he was asked, "Is this a sign of your? Is this a sign of a taut corner turned, Nick? Are you ready to win a slam?" You can just feel him going. Oh, I just he, won he, the second. He round, said, "I'm mate. in the third round, mate. I'm in the third round." And he's trying not to get annoyed. He said, I'm in the third round. All I'm doing is trying to be better each day. For my next match, that means being better towards my box. Right. Um, but I, my personal theory on it, and he said absolutely nothing to back this up, <laughs> but this is my um, psychoanalysis of Kyrgios. I think that what he would be, it, what if he weren't on probation or if he hadn't turned this corner that the Australian press thinks he's turned, would be perhaps directing towards the umpire or the opponent, or more negatively, he's channelling that towards his towards his box because he knows he can go in there and see them and, and they'll get it and understand and forgive him. Mm. Um, and, and also, I don't... I don't think anyone should be making any kind of big deal about Kyrgios having some kind of blow-up on court today because he, he, he didn't. didn't really. He, he pretty much kept it together. He did have a bit of a rant towards his box, but you could have you could have written that transcript and it could have been Nick Kyrgios or it could have been Andy Murray mm. saying Absolutely. those things. Just anxiety, he, he said, wasn't it? I could have gone to a really dark place in the full set and I didn't and I'm proud of that. And, yeah. and in a way, that's even more impressive than if he'd just completely blown Simon off the court in three can, straight sets. Can you tell that we're back on the bandwagon 
<laughs> yeah, curate optimism <laughs> levels are off the, off the scale. It's only 18 oh, minutes worth. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Um, to the other five setters that were going on at this point, Stan Wawrinka ended up in a, an epic with um, Andrea Seppi. One of the many watched on by Matt. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen Andrea Seppi play live before. And my word, he hits a sweet ball. It's not even like he's putting any effort into it, and it pings off his strings. Whereas you think of Wawrinka as hitting a really clean ball, and he does. But I was more struck by just the the timing that Seppi's yeah. got. Um, well, Stan is... It's a bludgeon, It isn't is, it? yeah. Whereas... Seppi just sort of caresses it over the net. Um, but Wawrinka was a breakdown in that fifth set and really had to wrestle it from, from Seppi. At one point, he had a single-handed backhand drive now volley. on his way to interview room two. Karen Hatchinoff, so just put him back together. <laughs> and he's on his way to interview room two, folks. Yeah, a single-handed backhand drive volley winner from Wawrinka. I think it was to hold serve, and then he did that thing of pointing to his head and the crowd were lifted. Yeah, he, he wasn't wholly convincing, but it was, it was, he did well to, to win that match. Do you remember when Seppi beat Roger Federer here? Mm, five I'd, years ago. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Mm. That uh, was one of a, a rare Federer day session match, and I don't think he particularly enjoyed those the, hot conditions that must be that, I believe that was the third round it was yeah that, he it hasn't was, lost in a th- before the no because the second since then the second time. round was the match where he was stung by the bee crikey <laughs> against Bellelli <laughs> what I mean what sort of stat is that well it came up in 
The bee sting episode. The bee sting episode. Did it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. It was, my, a, it was my finest moment. We've had a lot of podcasts <laughs> since then. Anyway, um, you... Uh, you, we, we were mentioning the five set epics there was also the Taylor Fritz comeback from two sets to love down against Kevin Anderson who I've just seen walking down the corridor past me I mean broken man he, he was moving slower than I do <laughs> I mean I felt for him I mean he, if you remember when we were we were going back to to the city in yeah. Fed, Fed Square and, and, and it was one twenty in the morning and um, Kevin Anderson was still playing the other, the other night and here he is in another five set epic I mean he's just coming off an injury as well mm. I mean but at the same time Taylor Fritz I don't know the full details of, of, of the match etc but I know that he won a really tight match in the Davis Cup and his captain Marty Fish was really chuffed about it. It didn't even mean anything. It was like a dead rubber, I think. But he, fought, I think he beat Berrettini, Berrettini yeah. and he was just—he just felt like that's a really big moment for him, just to come back from from an impossible position and win. Just showed he, his heart, and uh, and here he was again. He's a, he's a proper competitor. He is. It does always feel like a, a watershed, a player coming back from two sets down mm. for the first time. I, I mean, some players never do it. James Blake waited virtually his mm. whole career, and then I think he did one right at the end of his career. I mean, he did ruin it all with his celebration. <laughs> did he? What did he do? Well, you've seen it. Oh, the one where he pulls his shorts up. Pulls his shorts. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to. Do your announcement. Karen yeah, thank you, announcement, for getting me <laughs> okay. off the hook. Yeah, all right. If you haven't seen it, go and have a look. Uh, Taylor Fritz. Um, so, what else has happened today? Well, there was another. As when, it was, when all these men's epics were going on, there was a epic between Collins and Putin Saver. I don't want to talk about that one. Oh yes. Should we just wrap up the men's stuff? Okay. While yeah. we give David a moment to adjust to what has been a, a truly tragic day for his predictions. R.I.P. David's hopes of being a champion ever oh, again. I mean, my, I t- um, my title defence is utter humiliation. Good job. Dominic, you got two trophies. Dominic <laughs> Team. I'll, 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 I'll ration them over the next ten years. <laughs> Dominic Team got taken to five sets unexpectedly. Yes, this was a worrying development, yeah. given my. It's, is it the worst collective hair that has ever been seen on a tennis court? <laughs> I thought they looked quite cool. Alex Bolt and uh, Dominic Team, both with the old frosted tips. I'm thinking of getting the same. <sighs> Talk us through the tennis, Matt. <laughs> the hair was bad. The tennis was good. Um, team was cruising. Six three five two or six two five three, I think, and then suddenly he started missing, started spraying balls, and he allowed Alex Bolt to get <coughs> inspired and use the crowd on Melbourne Arena, and suddenly Alex Bolt was, in your words, David, playing like Henri Leconte. The, the way <laughs> At he, his best. yeah, the way he hits the ball so flat, left-handed. Bigger announcement. Federico Del Bonis is on his way to interview room three. Oh, higher that's, than I thought it was going to be. the sound of a stampede. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I do feel bad about that. <laughs> so you should. It's disgraceful. He played bloody well, he did. I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm out. Right. I'm going to yeah, go and go talk to him. Then. See you later. Yeah. Bye-bye. Um... Where was I? Alex Bolt. Yes. He, he, he likes coming forward and he's got a big lefty serve and team was struggling. But what he did say was that he knew that Alex Bolt had played five sets in the first round and doubles and that he could take him physically. And as soon as he got to a fourth set, 
bolt kind of collapsed, to be honest, and team was then able to come through sets four and five very straightforwardly. It feels like the only person that didn't get taken to five sets today was Alexander Zverev. What's Plot happen- twist. What's happened in the world? What is this universe? Yeah, and he didn't hit a double fault. Yeah, no. that really is yeah. weird. Three yeah. sets, zero double faults. Is this it? Has he turned the corner? No. We're going to look really silly if this is it. Could no, be like... It. It'd be great if it was it, though, wouldn't it? Because he'd donate all that money to the bushfires. He'd donate yeah, the no, whole absolutely. winner's check. Yeah. I still don't think he played particularly well from the bits I saw. It was a lot of grinding baseline rallies. Who's he got now? Vadasco. Speaking of predictions. Vadasco's beaten him before. At yes, a, at, at the a French slam. Open. Yeah. First round that. of the French a couple mm. of years ago. Mm. Which, Vidas- Vidas- let's be honest, is which, a chuff draw. Although I must say, I, pick, I picked... Smug, uh, smug prediction-based statement alert. I picked Vadasco to beat Basilashvili, and he did. However, I wouldn't have picked him had I known that he's got heavy strapping on both knees and kind of get going up his thigh as well. Um, I'm not sure he's it's like a sort of particularly garter. fit. It's like <laughs> pantyhose <laughs> strapping. It's very punching the air as we speak <laughs> at the prospect. Uh, okay. So, yeah, well done, Zverev. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I better touch on the old Collins issue. Uh, she was in my semi-finals, and uh, she played Putin Saver. And don't start giving me stick. Putin Saver, she beat six Love 6-1 six, uh, two weeks ago. And then today, they're getting broiled in the epic of all epics. And, and I, to the point where I actually turned on the screen in front of me because I, ju- I was so on edge about it, <laughs> even though I was commentating on another match. Um, I was still being professional. I was just sort of watching out the corner of my eye, and, you know. Um, and, uh, and yes, Collins saved a match point, broke back, and my heart sang, and then she got broken again and lost. So, uh, and, and, and Putin Saver did, did some of her, her muscle bicep flexing when she won. Should end. we talk about Benchich on Ostapenko? Should we, we just rip off that? all the plasters while we're? On while predictions. we're... Oh yeah, I, I'm, I, in our daily predictions, which we do for the newsletter, um, I'm zero for four at the moment because I said Ostapenko would beat Benchich. Do you know after seven points how many challenges remaining Ostapenko had in that match? One. <laughs> Seven points. Matt Stat. By the way, we did Matt Stat in the newsletter. Uh, you've just been given an, an extra one. Yeah, um, she um, she wasted two challenges straight away. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and what else? Um, bad day for Brit- Brits, British women. I mean. Yeah. Heather Watson, Heather caveats, Watson got beaten heavily, uh, 6-3-6 love by Elise Mertens, who she beat last week in 3 hours 33 minutes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was clearly a different couple of players today. Harriet Dart played well. She lost 6-2-6-4. Six, six, mm-hmm. She had a lot of breakback points at the end to try to get it back on serve and level. Um, and I just thought she came out and she really played her game. Uh, it's just, It was just clear... The, the movement of Simona Halep really becomes apparent in a match like that where the other player is hitting the ball probably better than she is or in terms of aggression but you just can't get it past her enough Yeah and Dart did well because there's so much scar tissue for her going onto that court with 
having lost six love, six love on it last last year, and immediately she went down a break. And I mean, certainly I was thinking, okay, how many games is she going to lose in a row? And you know, it would be it would be understandable if her mind went there as well. Um, so yeah, she, she she put up a good fight, but second year in a row, no Brits in round three at the Australian Open. Yeah, not great. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a few, few of the doubles players left: Jamie Murray, Neil Skupski, Joe Salisbury. I think are still in the doubles, but uh, yeah, British singles players have gone. Uh, what else have you seen today, folks? Um, Muguruza beat Tomljanovic. Good match. Good match. She was good, but I, I don't, I don't see her as a contender for for these titles. She, no, but I think she needs. To just work her way back she, she was asked about um, being back with Conchita Martinez as, as though it was some kind of um, you know magic combination you know as, back with back with her and immediately she immediately she start winning again and she said no it's just not like that I've got to put in the work um, I've fallen so far you know I was looking up her year end ranking she was I think she finished something like 372 in the world and then last year she finished uh, 36. You know, so it was, a, it, was, it was a massive fall and there was, an, it was a sort of mini fall just before that as well. So the last two years she's really been nowhere near where she can be. And it, I think she understands that it's not just going to click back because there are better, you know, there are better players than her on the tour at the moment and she, she's lost so much that she needs building blocks like this. She needs a good win against an informed player like Tom Janovic just to just get back a little bit more confidence and if she can keep building I feel like maybe by Wimbledon or the French Open she might be more where she wants to be but I don't, I don't see her as a contender at this tournament Pliskova looks like a contender do you think? It's the one flip and slam where I haven't gone for Pliskova to, to do things now that she's got past Mladenovic yeah. in the first round and she won comfortably today against um, Laura Sigmund she, she did I mean it was an indoor match mm. which is obviously just ideal for her although the star, a style of play that she doesn't really like she said in her on court interview that Sieg, Sigmund's game is really ugly to me <laughs> <laughs> I do love how blunt so she great. Is. she's fantastic um we mentioned Sviatek, didn't we? Yeah. Little smug smile for Matt. Uh, Kiki Burton's one. She's in your quarterfinal lineup. It's my semi-final lineup. Semi-final lineup. Crikey. Um, I just wanted to... A Kerber one as well. Nobody's talking about her to do no. anything, but she's still in the tournament. Um, Cece Bellis yes. won today. She's had a terrible time, hasn't she? Had a terrible time. She... If people are thinking, oh, I, I know that name, she... She's only 20 years old, but she she announced. I mean, she was a she was a world number one junior. She announced herself on the senior stage, 15 years old, um, 2014 US Open, where she beat Sybil Kova, mm-hmm. which is I mean, obviously in in light of Coco Goff now that it feels like small fry, but, but it, it was massive. And it was her first tour level yeah. match, and she won it. And I think Sybil Kova was in the top 15 at the time. Yeah, and she, she went. To, she backed it up with other victories, and we're talking about somebody that was a contemporary of Andrescu and Ostapenko, and was was beating them. beating beating these players um, when they were on the junior and ITF circuit together. And she she's had an absolutely horrible time with injuries, mostly to her racket arm, wrist, forearm, 
Um, and she was actually told in October, just gone, by one doctor. Luckily, she sought second opinions, but she was told she'd never play tennis again in October. Um, and here she is. She says she feels like a completely different person now. Um, I don't think she's been given any guarantees about her body, but she says I'm, I'm pain-free and I'm approaching things in a completely different way, and it's just, it's just a really uplifting story. Yeah, she, um, she entered this this year's Australian Open with five Grand Slam main draw wins and four surgeries. Oh my goodness! You know, at twenty, at twenty years old, she and she, she, you know, almost has as many surgeries as match wins at Grand Slams, mm. which is just mind-boggling. And I think it was a case of one of the surgeries she had. I think they inserted some kind of metal plate in, in into her wrist, and that ended up causing further complications around about her elbow area. And it was just one of those situations where, you know, something that was meant to solve something ended up creating another problem and just making the whole situation even worse um, oh so amazing that she's back she beat Carolina Mukova today 20th seed and wow that's a good win it's isn't a it? really good win and she played really well she's such a clean ball striker and can go toe to toe with these players even though there's kind of nothing of her she's, she's really slight um, yeah good player to watch and, play, and now plays Elise Mertens who, who just beat Heather Watson well, welcome back, um, Cece Bellis, and uh, let's hope uh, there are good times ahead. Incidentally, just, I think, I don't this can't be right. It appears that taking to court number three at the moment is Leighton Hewitt. <laughs> it's, no. It's 12.37am. That can't be right, can it? I did say to Matt earlier, did, did Hewitt play his doubles today? And Matt said, no, no, it must have been cancelled because it's not on the schedule. There is a suspicious-looking feed of a court. I mean, Svitolina is, and, and Lauren Davis are still playing. Yeah, yeah. Tennis is happening. Okay. Svitolina is a set, set up. Anything, set up in anything else from today before well, we talk? I think we should probably mention the weather. Oh, my goodness, the weather. Yeah, well, you may remember last night we were talking about the muddy rain. And, uh, and what we meant was when Matt and I were walking in, the, the, the puddles in front of us were turning orange. Um, and when we woke up this morning, the entire River Yarra was orange. It was extraordinary. I've never seen anything like that before. And they had to delay the start of play to hose down, to, to power hose the, the courts to remove the, the red um, silts deposits whatever mm. it was apparently it's it's really really good news for the region because it, it's cleared cleared the whatever it was is now in the Yarra is no longer in the sky which is a good thing yeah. um but it was they were pretty arresting images mm. it, it, i mean it looked like roland garros around here you, you know if you walk around roland garros you get deposits of clay everywhere you know red orange stuff and it was like that everywhere here as well on court in all in all the sort of gutters it was it, it was it was really something mm. so tomorrow we have ash Barty against uh is it uh, elena ribakina 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 okay that's uh, that's an interesting one because she's had some results recently uh, mm. ash Barty first up um then serena williams against wang kyung uh, of china and Novak Djokovic against Yoshihito Nishioka in the afternoon Ooh, which session. Which we've decided you need to go for, David. 
Sure. I will go for what I want. <laughs> You're in go big or go home territory now. Oh, great. It's going so well, so I might as well, eh? <laughs> uh, and then Naomi Osaka against Coco Goff. That's the one. She won in doubles today, Goff, with McNally. Did she? I love that she's mm. committed to playing doubles. Do you think she's going to get closer than she did at the US Open? Yes. I believe closer, but... I, I don't think she'll win, but I, I, I think she only got four games in New York, but I could see her doubling that. Mm. Mm. Agreed. And then John Millman against Roger Federer. Repeat. Did we talk about that last night? I think we did. John Millman, who... <laughs> one, of, one of the Australian radio journalists destri- described earlier as a sensation. <laughs> <laughs> he is a sensation. No, is I he? think if you told John Millman that, he would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you. Uh, Diego Schwartzman against Dusan Lajevic. Uh, Madison Keys against Maria Sakari. That's a good one. Uh, over on the Margaret Court I think Arena. I've picked that for an upset. That's, mm, I don't know about that, but it's going to be good. Sitsipas against Raonic. Blamanek. Yes. Uh, That's a tough draw, isn't it, for Sitsipas? Well, especially considering he didn't play his second round. So he's not played for, Ooh, what is it, four days? Ranich not dropped a set. I don't not... like the thought of Sitsipas having an idle four days. No. <laughs> I, 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 for, for his sake, I don't like the sound of that matchup at all. Um, mm. Ranich is the sort of player who could take him out. Zhang Shui. Sounds like your prediction's been made, David. Yeah. Zhang Shui against Sophia Kennan. Uh, on Shibur against Caroline Wozniacki. Good day tomorrow, On the isn't Melbourne it? Arena. And uh, I think I just backed Wozniacki in that, but there's a real risk there that Wozniacki's career could end on the Melbourne Arena. That's a, that's a big call to put that match out there. Well, Andy Murray's nearly did. So it's not the worst yeah. place. No, I, I'm... I don't atmosphere. necessarily think it's the wrong call, it's just a big call. Yeah. The, the easier call would have been to say, gosh, we've, we've just got to pop Wozniacki on Margaret Court or Rod Laver. I'm sure we were talking about Andy matches. Murray like this last year. Well, we? But he asked mm. for Hisense. I know he did. Well, it's know not Hisense. Hisense. <laughs> I'll start calling it the Vodafone Arena, which is what it was <laughs> in 2003. I'd be surprised <laughs> if Wozniacki requested the Vodafone Arena. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marin Cilic, uh, Roberto Bautista, Guido Pella against Fabio Fanini. God, there's so many matches tomorrow. Yeah, round three. I think because we've not really had any massive shocks yet mm. in in either draw, um, round three means that most of the top players are still in, and that's when the seeds can first meet. And it, just looking at the lineup, it's really strong for the next yeah. two days. Sure is. Um, also, just wanted to say um, that we received news in the last 24 hours, some very sad news um, from Esther Vergeer, the, the incredible wheelchair player who had the, the most extraordinary winning run um, over several years. Uh, she was undefeated. And um, she retired a, a few years ago, 38 years of age. She's um, involved in the... Uh, the Rotterdam tournament does loads of work and she's tweeted today that she, uh, she's she been diagnosed with breast cancer and so she's having uh, treatment for that and uh, well just wanted to wish her well um, it's, it's a tough thing to go through of course and we wish her the very best um, right then so tomorrow we'll be back we have um, been brought to you by a mascot crumble from the Australian Open We've been having some crumble action today, haven't we? 
content has peaked today. Yes. Um, and we've also had Butler. Uh, yeah, there's like a content off between Butler and Crumble. And Butler was wearing Butler was wearing Grigor Dimitrov's outfit today. Amazing. <laughs> Russell and Brad, shout out to yeah. Russell and Brad who sent sent us pictures of um, Butler wearing <laughs> wearing the novelty Grigor ski Dimitrov's suit. jacket, um, and we put them side by side, and you know who wore it better and. It's pretty unanimous. It's pretty unanimous, yeah. <laughs> Grigor can't catch a break, can he? Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, we, so they're, they're our mascots. And we have also got a couple of shout-outs, haven't we, Matt? We have. Uh, to Stephen Lewis. Good man, Thank Stephen. you very much, Stephen. Cheers, Stephen. To Andres Alonso. Good one, Alonso. Andrew. <laughs> this is going Andres. well. Andres. Does that one not live with you? Andres. <laughs> How you doing? Um, and finally to Yolanda Barron. Thank you, Yolanda. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, all backed us in our Kickstarter, uh, which have enabled um, Catherine and Matt to be here around this table, drinking beer and talking tennis here on the Tennis Podcast, which is what we are here to do every single day. Why is there a mouse running across the floor over there? There's not. Yes, there is. Um, and uh, Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> That's a development I wasn't expecting as we closed the show. They um, have a... Oh, my word. Where? It's going up the wall. They have a hygiene situation. <laughs> Okay. Where? This is where the food is made and consumed. We'll go and alert the authorities, folks, and bring you another tennis podcast tomorrow. See you then. Let's hope we are still okay. Bye-bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 